0: Upstream. Beacon. Beacon.
1: <laughs> What's our team name now? We're Baby G. G Baby. G Baby. G Baby. Uh, this what? <laughs> you have to catch up in the very flow chat in our in our group, Brandon. But anyway, um, we we're here on Sunday. It's actually five months in, twentieth episode for Upstream. Yeah, we have a little anniversary there. We are live here with Alex, Brandon, Darius, and Matt. How's everybody doing today? What's
0: up, Good.
1: I'm good, too. I'm just chilling, man. I'm I'm excited to kind of be able to speak on all this. Let me push all this out on social media and get us started here. But I wanted to open up with the discussion. Let's talk about 10.3.1. We had that recent leak that kind of hit for every device but Passport. I know a lot of Passport users were feeling some type of way about it. <laughs> but um, have any of you guys played around with 10.3? Good, bad, different? You liking the changes?
2: I'm, I'm noticing a little bit of a battery issue um, with it. Mm-hmm. I put it on my buddy Z10, and I've been using it on my Z30, and it seems to be working fairly well. The, the notifications works phenomenally. The fact that you can refine it down um, with a contact and set the LED color, and you can just get so um, engulfed in just such, like, minimal kind of things within the notifications, within Android apps or within groups. Um, you can have it so they pop up in the actual notifications. And you get really... um. Oh, really in depth with that, and it's phenomenal. But I guess the battery life is just one thing I've noticed a little bit with that. Same uh, with my mm-hmm. buddy who's on the Z10 as well.
1: That's a bummer. I mean, the, Z, the Z10's such a great device, too. Like, I have this this red one sitting over here just in the box. I'm, I'm waiting for 10.3.1 to really bring it out to see if it's uh, really up to par. You know, it's just interesting with the whole, you know, with Apple seems to systematically kind of invalidate some of their products when new OSs come, whereas BlackBerry is actually kind of increasing theirs. It's interesting to see. Hopefully when it becomes an official thing, the battery life and, you know, the optimized radios and carrier support will be behind it. So they really have a better OS overall from a support standpoint. Anyone else messed around with it? To me, at least, it still is kind of lacking in some of the BBOS features. Obviously they're trying to pull some of those in. Help the transition for users, but do you guys think people running this, like on a device like the Classic, will really be able to compare it with something like a 9900? Do you think it'll be better or worse?
3: Definitely be better. I mean, you know, it's a totally new um software, just operating system in general. So, I mean, I think what you will be able to compare is just in terms of its productivity. But even then, it's limited in terms of um you know comparison because of the functionality that Blackberry Ten uh you know offers is just a lot more options there. It's a lot more that you can just do in general with Blackberry Ten. But um I don't know. it's it's actually kinda gonna be kinda hard to compare. I mean, it depends on what you do. It depends on like I like I mentioned the types of you know functionalities that you tend to use. Uh but even then I think with those that we're coming from legacy devices to the uh classic, I think we'll quickly adapt to the functionality that BlackBerry 10 offers, like, quickly. and, and uh, Especially if they're BlackBerry fans and and, and and love the brand and really want to truly adapt it and not be judgmental off the bat, you know, kind of how people are in terms of looking at a passport and be like, ah, that's that's crazy idea. But, you know, if you're open-minded, I, I think you really will adapt well. So in terms of comparison, I think it's going to be all pluses.
1: I got a a buddy who I just put him on a a Z10. He's coming from a 9900. And he's talking about how the paradigm is just so different for him. Mm -hmm. He's used to the trackpad and the fine-tooth control. I can click on a precise point I want. And now he's essentially got one big trackpad. It's this 4.2-inch screen, you know? The whole OS is gesture-based, as if it's kind of designed as one big trackpad. He's kind of getting used to it, kind of getting used to some of the peak and flow. But I think people coming from, like, a classic over to BB10 or excuse me a uh, classic over from like something like a 9900 on legacy OS are really going to appreciate some of the refinements it's cool you hit the blackberry menu button and the overflow option comes over and flows for you mm-hmm. it seems smart it seems very logical i've mentioned you know alex and, and darius you guys probably can relate as well that you kind of get used to that fourth virtual row on passport yeah with that keyboard and and, and as well the way applications on bb10 are designed you have all your UI Chrome there at the bottom. So it's almost as as if whenever you're in an app, you still have that virtual row to go back to right. if you're composing or entering any of the you know the, the subsections within applications. It just feels cool. It seems like that virtual row is kind of consistent across the whole UI, yeah. even when you're in Hub with the signature action and all that.
3: I, 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 no, Alex?
2: I'm sorry, has anybody put 10.3.1 on their passport yet? Because I'm hmm. curious what the... The white keyboard looks like on the Passport because obviously the Passport has a good... um, It's not OLED, so white looks better. Um, I'm curious, because I'm using right now uh, the keyboard set to automatic, so within lighter apps with the light theme, I have the white keyboard, and within darker apps, I have the the black keyboard. Um, And it looks great, and it's just a nice little change that they added. Uh, I'm just curious if anyone on the Passport has yet gotten 10.3.1. No, I
3: haven't. I'm waiting for the official... I don't think leak tester anymore. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm still I'm still rocking the official like 11:54 or something like that on the Passport. It'll be it'll be interesting. I think a light keyboard, especially like a white one on Passport, is gonna look really awesome. Yeah.
2: Can we just bring up that there's full emoji support now? And I'm really 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 curious what you guys have to uh, say about this. They've actually matched up some of the BBM emoticons or the, the BlackBerry emoticons with. Apple emojis. So like when you do the P face, for instance, it does the equivalent Apple emoticon if you do it within like a text message or whatever. And I'm right.
0: Actually, mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, BBM emoticon? Yes, yeah, some of like the, there's one where like the guy's sticking his tongue straight out and his eyes closed like that. Um, yeah, and I yeah. that they've actually made a BBM equivalent of that. And I'm curious if these are emoticons that are coming to BBM in the future and they're just going to match up with emojis or what? What do you guys have to say about that? I'm I'm really excited that they're finally doing this, but.
3: Well, I mean, what I think I, one thing I did notice is there was from going from 2.1 to you know 10.3, there was additional emoji support. It wasn't full emoji support that we're getting with 3.1 because just from you know when people would send me texts who are iPhone users, like family members and you know, friends of mine, they would send emojis and it used to be like you know Chinese like symbols and so on and so forth. With 10.3, then it was like I was seeing more of the actual emojis and less of the Chinese symbols, but not all of the emojis. And now, you know, as you mentioned, with 10.3, giving full emoji support is kind of cool. When we see that implemented in BBM, um, I mean, I I would hope so. But I think when you go to BBM, it's kind of like when you're using the application, you want to use... The emoticon uh, support within BBM, you don't really, you kind of want to stray away from using those because essentially down the road we would like to see, you know, the BBM emojis, so to speak, used in on iPhone users, uh, you know, devices and things of that nature. Like, you know, we want to
2: be the same though. Like the fact that they've done the full color ones, for instance, for like the cat and the dog and all, like not um, currently in there. What are ones like? There's a lion and a tiger and stuff. They're actually full color in there. So are these gonna be coming to BBM as emoticons and it's just going to work out nicely where they are the exact same emoji as the emoticon and they kind of transfer over well. I think they're kind of leaning towards that.
0: Yeah, that kind of makes sense if you think about it. They'll
1: probably update whatever Unicode base is displaying those and and have it update so it is kind of cross-platform. I think we're going to see it outside of the BBM app even in SMS and kind of all the cooler messaging features. When you hit the smiley you'll have a a cross-platform so to speak base that you can choose from. If the
0: whole OS can see the emoji uh, emoticons, and you and like theoretically, if you could just copy and paste them into a BBM chat, and everybody sees them, don't see any reason why they weren't just added into the application.
3: Yeah. And one thing I, I, I always mentioned, I've mentioned before too, talking with a friend of mine, you know, he was kind of asking me like, what do you think we're gonna expect with ten ten dot four? Like, is that gonna be like a next big thing? I think the thing we're actually gonna expect is what we're like beginning to see now, like full emoji support. I think the big thing with ten dot four is gonna be really cross-platform refinements and how BlackBerry is gonna start transitioning to have a full usage. Um, I don't want to get ahead, but, you know, John Chenin spoke of, you know, having to look outside of BlackBerry and, and considering it a part of the ecosystem as well. So I think that's what you're going to really start seeing a lot more of. The emoji, uh, you know, support is just kind of like the beginning of us really kind of peeking into that existence.
1: It's interesting because, you know, with 10.3, we got to focus on productivity. On 10.3.1, we're focusing on refining the legacy features. Mm-hmm. The awesome is some some subsequent OS version, whatever it's called, numbered or whatever, does have just a consumer focus. Right. Adding in emoji support at this point, at least for me, says that they're ready to look at some of what the consumer's been asking: right. light and dark hub, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Again, these are not, you know, emojis are not needed for business. You know, for the enterprise space that is really going to be using them. But as we look at the Amazon deal, we look at some of the devices BlackBerry may be looking to bring to market. They they're gonna be selling to consumers, you know? That's the thing, that most of the people who probably have a passport right now are consumers. Prosumers, yes. But they're probably not in enterprise because enterprise is gonna deploy through carriers in bulk. And a lot of the carriers, at least stateside, aren't aren't on board with it yet. Do you guys think we may see like passport beginning of next year launching with a US carrier with 10.3.1? Or do you think it's gonna be kind of a staggered release and rollout for these OS and in devices?
3: Definitely staggered. I mean, it's just because of what we've gotten thus far. I know. I mean, I, I look at it like now because especially the state side, you know, it's really out of BlackBerry's hands. They can't really control as to how they really want to launch their devices. Of course, they want to put the passport on every single carrier and make it available to people, but they have to play the cards right you know AT&T as I've always mentioned you know has been a long time supporter of BlackBerry you know Verizon has as well you know definitely they they're the two strong cohorts that have been behind um, BlackBerry but as as I've always mentioned the AT&T has always been the first to launch a device you know Verizon's came like very soon afterwards or have gotten like their version and then the AT&T version launches soon afterwards but AT&T has always been on launch of that, but I think we're going to see a staggered approach to it. Um, I know people that are Verizon users who want the Passport are really, really wanting it to come there. Um, I know Alex is one of them. (laughs) But as I've mentioned, you know, Verizon is transitioning to a GSM carrier. So as far as seeing a lot of CDMA, you know, devices being created on their end, especially coming in 2015 because that's when they're supposed to make that full transition over to it. Of course, they'll still support those CDMA devices, but over the next couple of years you're going to start seeing them phased out and and or forcing their users to transition to these new devices. So um, it, It's going to be a 2015 is going to be the year where I think people need to start expecting more of a full-on launch of their devices in terms of stateside. You you can't expect it right now. You can't expect it in the first coming months of 2015. I mean, from like quarter end of quarter two, quarter three, and so on and so forth. It's it's going to happen in that time frame. But right now they have to play the cards right. They have to they're they're appealing to that niche crowd. Um, they're garnering that uh, anticipation with the passport, and I think. When we see a second iteration of the Passport, which John Chen has already mentioned that they're kind of working on and things of that nature, that's when you're going to see an all-out, you know, aggressive approach of the device because they already know that it's wanted. And then when people – right now it's just kind of like this is, I want to say, a test device for the consumers right now that are using other devices. They they see it. I mean, I know me personally, a lot of people looking like, damn, like what is that? And it's kind of like when they look at it, they're like, damn, that's it. That's a wide ass phone, but then they look again and like, man, that is clean. Like they actually like the device. It's just you have to see it a couple more times to be like, All right, I want it. You know, and that I think that's what this first year of the passport is gonna be about.
1: I love I love the reaction I get from it. Like I, I put on yeah. Twitter the other day, you know, I'm over getting sushi I'm at the bar waiting for it. And I'm and I'm messing around with the keyboard. And uh the the guy's like, is that the new the new device, the, the new passport? And I'm like, wow, someone who actually knew the name yeah. of the device. I didn't have to actually introduce it. Anyway, Matthew, what would you need? <laughs>
4: no, uh, I think BlackBerry is gonna launch the passport of the US stateside at least with 10.3.1 because I mean he had oh, some dope dope ass features that I just now looked at because I had not been testing out the betas because I don't want to break my Z10. Uh, so, like, stuff like truly customi- like customizable notifications are dope. So, like, I can customize, like, I guess based on battery level, like a certain set of notifications or, like, how like, all my apps individually, like, <laughs> react to each one another. Um, coming, from, coming off from WebOS a few years ago, like, 10.3.1 offers something I've only seen on WebOS platforms, and that's a charge-only mode, which, like, disables... Like, USB storage entirely and just it allows the phone to charge quicker just like when you set it on uh, airplane mode which I think is cool I mean I'm not a huge emoticon guy personally I mean I guess it's cool that BlackBerry is bringing more support uh, whatever that means I guess as far as it maybe it's more emoticons or uniforming or uniforming how many you use across what apps and such but what is making me like excited is Customizable LED colors right out of the box, which I think is amazing. So I don't have to use like third-party applications in order to have, to, like, have like a customized notification experience. I can do all of it like right off from 10.3.1. And, and
3: what you mentioned, that Matthew, that, that kind of brought up a, uh, a thought that I was thinking just like the other day because if BlackBerry is starting to implement a lot of these features that these third-party apps have been. Uh, you know, offering since BlackBerry 10 launched. And it's kind of like, well, what does that do for them? (laughs) You know, and it kind of sucks because these are developers that have clearly been interested and supported the platform from, you know, from Jump Street. But now that BlackBerry is starting to just implement these features natively into the OS, it kind of really sucks that they're not, you know, going to be able to have that, uh, I guess, that leverage anymore for BlackBerry consumers to use their apps anymore, right?
4: Well, look at look at what uh, Apple's done with, like, third-party support for, like, Siri and stuff. They've integrated um, Shazam, uh, being like, Google searches, that sort of thing, into, like, into certain ways into the overall operating system. But it doesn't make their apps any less usable or any less... Yeah. <laughs> ...like, want to be used. It's just, I guess, they may be, they may be at, like, offering it in a certain capacity that maybe their app later could possibly do, you could probably do more with their app than you can immediately. Uh, or yeah, I I'm
2: <coughs> What was that? I don't know. <laughs> uh, but but, but is, you brought that up. So yeah, they're kind of screwing over developers in a way, but this is what makes Blackberry, Blackberry. The fact that you don't need to go download a third party calendar app to get a good calendar experience like you do on iOS and Android. Right. The fact that you can, in your notification, the fact that you could just set an LED and you have fully customizable notifications, that's such a a bare bones feature that's so important. We Mm -hmm. should need a third party app to do that. The fact that third party apps even existed in the first place, that was because, you know, that's BlackBerry's fault. But the fact that if we need these apps, the fact that we don't need to download a third party note taking app because the Remember app is so phenomenal, like this is, these are the things that, in my opinion, is what makes BlackBerry BlackBerry.
3: Yeah, and uh, and I'm, like, all for it by all means. It just kind of, you know, it sucks. Like, as I mentioned, it sucks because now that you have the customizable LED, you know, colors and things for that nature for notifications, and you have the third-party apps who supported that before it became native in, you know, future, you know, OS to come, you know, what does that do for them? And it kind of sucks. You kind of wish that BlackBerry, like, contacts those guys and, like, hey, we want to buy out your idea and give you a couple bucks for it. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I'm saying, because it's kind of like you know what Brandon has, like that's that's awesome, and it's like what if you know BlackBerry down the road really implements on top of BlackBerry Maps and says, "Hey Brandon, we like what you're doing with Penguin. We want to make this a part of the native experience." You know what I'm saying? Because we're about to do this, and we want to we don't want to leave you, you know what I'm saying? Shit out of luck. So you know what I mean that that's that's kind of the perspective I'm trying to get towards. And especially YouTube being developers, like how do you feel about that cr- creating? You know, what I'm saying an experience for Blackberry 10 platform, and then it being mm-hmm. implemented into, into the OS, and it's kind of like, well, what is my job here now? You know, of Where course I would
0: be, get another app, but I would be extremely flattered. I think there's there's some. I'm not sure if it's <laughs> I'm not sure if it was like the chicken came before the egg or whatever, but there's some like features from Penguin that over time since Penguin's been out have been added to BlackBerry Maps. So it's pretty interesting that way. But uh, I don't know. I can't confirm one way or another whether, you know, there's some inspiration for my app or not, or it was just a backlog of features they wanted to add over time. But as uh, back to your point, the reason that so many of these developers came in and they have apps like BeeBuzz and stuff like that yeah. is because they came in when it was really early in the operating system's life cycle, and they came in to fill a void, and so essentially, what we're what what we're seeing now is that it's it's over a year later, there that void is getting filled by the OS as it matures. And I mean, these developers they banked on those apps when they came out; they've made a lot of money, and now it's time to diversify, like anything else. Yeah. So if you look at a at like a PC, for instance, like a a Mac Mac a, a laptop, for instance, it has so many features built into it that you, you know you really don't download trivial apps like like a tip calculator or or something like that onto your PC or, or MacBook right, right. And so what you're seeing here it's actually it's quite flattering to a lot of developers now it's it's this realization that the OS is really maturing and becoming a full blown um, tool set as opposed to being just the OS that needs to rely on a whole bunch of third-party tool sets to provide a full experience. But, yeah. you know, back to the developer point, I mean, they did really change it, the focus over to Android a while ago. So, I mean, the question is what have they really been doing for those native developers for a while now? It's been going on for a while.
1: So Brandon, just, let's, talk, let's talk about that. The focus, it, it seems, from both a design perspective a developer relations perspective, and it seems from even a, a consumer app perspective, is overridingly Android these days. And, you know, Alex sent me a, an, an APK, and I think I sent it to you, Brandon, of yeah. the, uh, you know, the, it's a Reddit News application built on the material design uh, backend, and it looks just like that OS that BlackBerry put in market for yeah. people to buy a month ago, mm-hmm. 10.3 on Passport. Yeah. And it's just very interesting to see things like signature action and some of the, you know, adaptive UI elements Things we've already had, and again, it's like we look at the market, we look at Apple and and Samsung leading the edge, but BlackBerry actually cutting the edge, you know? You guys were fighting for the car space last year while we were playing that platform for the car years before. Mm -hmm. It kind of revolves, and as we look back kind of on the Android topic, we go back to 10.3 and the latest leak. There are actually customizable permissions now in Android apps, so you can control what permissions an Android application has in the latest 10.3 builds. Fantastic, something we've needed. It used to be accept or deny, that's it, clear cut. Now you can actually tweak. You're really having a more refined, hybridized experience. I'm excited for it, obviously. And uh, apparently Tyler Florence is pretty excited as well. Did you guys happen to see him? He was on a Canadian news uh, network talking about his latest cookbook, uh, kind of re- reinventing some of the classic recipes. It, he's got his passport showing out beautiful photos of food. Did you guys happen to see that little
3: bit? Yeah, I, I caught the clip. It was, it was, it was kind of dope because I... I I'm like a fan of Tyler Florence. (laughs) Not that I want to be a chef, but because I watch like the Food Network and shows like Chopped and Chopped (laughs) Canada. Like on there. And then like and he's been like an advocate for Blackberry, so that's that's that was kinda cool that he was just like clearly on T V like, This is my passport and I'm finna show you guys pictures and so on and so forth. So that was cool.
1: He was repping it hard. He's like, No, no, I I played with all that shit, but I use a passport. (laughs) (laughs)
4: And And it's interesting. it was like a Tim Allen when he went on to um, the Jimmy Kimmel show. It was a few weeks after the, or a week or so after the Passport launch, and he was like, Jimmy Kimmel, he's like, so what is the that big block? And he's like, oh, it's a, it's a BlackBerry, and Jimmy Kimmel was like, it's a BlackBerry. And he's like, yeah, and it has all those cool little features and stuff. I think that's sort of like, I don't know, that kind of under-the-radar celebrity influence kind of will push like the mindset out there to both techies and I guess kind of a larger audience. So the Passport and BlackBerry are kind of, they're like, they're cool. They're not the same, you know trackpad, keyboard, Java OS of yesteryear. They're modern, they're sleek, and they're attractive for all.
1: That's the thing, too. Like People have tried to put this dog down for years, and Blackboard, like, nope, we're still here. Still building devices, still innovating, better than you guys. Giving unique things to the market instead of you know this homogenous sameness that we, we've been getting. I'm tired of slabs. Like I've, I've lost count of all the different kinds of rectangular phones out there. I want to see something different. Okay. Uh, I really do like the Passport. I know... Um, Darius and Alex, you both have one correct how do you how, how do you hold it do you uh, have your do you have your pinky underneath for support
3: yes it's under the support right now if, if I use two hands then it's usually you know like this with both my fingers underneath of it um a lot of times I actually find myself using it like with one hand to be honest with you quite a lot or I would say more than i actually expected to do it um because its it's all right just like for example, we we're talking about you know the uh the, the software um part of the software part of the keyboard, so to speak, it takes you about a week to get used to it because you keep like wanting to um uh, you know use the keyboard to um uh what like use uppercase words or things of that nature or shift and things of that nature and you kind of forget that it's up there after a week you get used to it and then it's kind of like after a week or two you're just kind of fluid using one hand like yes that stretch but that stretch just becomes habit like going from L to A and then enter and deleting and I don't know I I honestly starting to find myself using the swipe um, when I'm texting you know as well um, now because usually at first when I was using I used to just purely use the keys like I was doing no swiping. I would do swiping when it was kinda of like, oh shit, I can just swipe instead of having to text it. But now I'm just like swipe, 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 you know, text, 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 swipe, 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 you know, type, 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 and so on and so forth. But after a while, I mean, it just really just comes second nature to you. And and it's kinda of like with any device, honestly. But yeah, passport is very functional in terms of that. I'm
2: curious, um, do you know because like when I've had to do like number lock on the passport, mm-hmm. I ran into problems for a while. I didn't know if I should swipe down and do it or if I should tap the alt key and start typing the numbers on the screen. Right. Somewhat recently that if you hold if you hold your, your thumb on the alt key, then you can start clicking tapping on the physical keyboard and it's yeah. like the number lock is held on. Yeah, that's one of the most useful things that it's not overly apparent or obvious. Holding your thumb on there, it doesn't show the little number or the the letter keys associating with them until you yeah. start typing.
3: Yeah. But, and when, I'll, I'll, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. That's all. That's all <laughs> No. Because <laughs> there is, like, the, sh- the, the keyboard shortcuts are actually, like, serious shortcuts. They're not, like, just for, like oohs and ahs like they're like okay you know if you don't want to do it this way then you can do it this you know you do it this alternate way so to speak um, as you mentioned like swiping down the keys bringing up a whole nother, uh, you know functionality to the software version of the keyboard and um, also bringing up another option of the keys um, when you tap the uh, it's kind of like the two dotted button that there is and it gives you a whole nother, uh set of keys so to speak to use like You have so much options so many options with just the keyboard alone. I really feel like the keyboard is truly the most underrated like function of the phone. People look at the screen and it's like I don't really after a while you're not gonna take the screen for granted. And you know, I think from first looks, you'll probably be like, yeah, that's going to, the screen itself is going to be like the most underrated, you know, uh, feature towards the phone. But I don't think that it is. I think the screen you actually like admire and you really take it for what it is and you don't take it for granted. But the keyboard functionality, I think people really do take it for granted and because they don't use all the functionalities that it, uh, it, it gives you and allows you to use with it. So in the long run, I just really feel like people will really, really come to appreciate what it is and. As I mentioned before, it comes out, and I was just thinking to myself earlier today, like, I am can't believe, like, I, I finally have a password now. I know for months I wanted this device. I was just waiting for it. And, like, I finally have it. And as I mentioned, you know, the, the trimming the fat, just giving you three rows, and, you know, with the additional uh, software keyboard, it's just – it's everything you want, man. I, I, I'm really – I don't have no cons to this phone. <laughs> I have saying. no cons. Like there's none so with
1: you. I'm so with you there, Darius. When I got it, you know, I figured, oh, it's gonna be too wide. The battery's not gonna be as good as I want it to be. You know, that and the third, I'm not gonna get used to the keyboard, I'm not gonna do this, that it's been phenomenal. And surprisingly so, w- once you know where on screen the little numbers and symbols are, once you've kinda got the backhand knowledge as to where they are, swiping down and really going into adding them in is seamless. Yes. Yes. I, I picked up the Z30 the other day, and I'm just like, I, I can't. It feels archaic again, <laughs> yeah. yet, it's so, yet it's so fantastic at the same time. Right. It, it is a beautiful little marriage. I'm excited to see kind of where some of the future keyboards and what they're going to look like. Uh, it's interesting. Have you guys looked at the CV app on, on Passport yet? How it has on the overflow menus the Alt-L and the alt to, to actually work as keyboard shortcuts those need to be remapped for passport because right now they don't they don't work
2: okay, dude i don't know what to do about it i don't what was know. that i have mine jumped down the list from a through z and there aren't enough keys on the keyboard to do that and i'm using a few other keys for um to do a few other things like open up updates and various things i've run out of keys so i i'm struggling with that i have right now it tells you to click alt and I I don't know what to do. Is it about like I, there's not enough keys? I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> do
1: you guys know how to build stacked overflows yet? Have you, is that something out in the SDKs or?
2: It's probably not until classic. No, nope.
1: s- but like like right now on 10.3.1, if you long press on a link, it, it'll bring over the, the tabs to to act upon that link so new tab open link in etc and then there's a more option where you can actually go ahead and and slide over to the static overflow options for browser it's going to be cool that's going to be awesome on passport i mean excuse me on classic because you have the the physical actual menu button you tap that twice you go between both of those menu items i don't know anyone anyone download black yet has anyone messed with black that latest update that we got for it
3: i did And I am actually like it. I had a couple problems at first. It was kind of like errors being able to send tweets directly from the hub instead of, like, going into the actual app. And then I think I was talking about it in the chat, and then I was like, oh, shit, now it's working. But, I mean, I actually like it. I've been using it, and I've used it. I didn't use it today because I always tweet when I'm watching the games and stuff like that. So I guess my superior tweeting skills with the native Twitter app, it's just a lot more quicker, but i actually been using Black a little bit more since the updates came out, and I like it. You know, it he, he didn't change too much. He just added the right things to it, and, and that's what I have been wanting. I think that's what people expect, especially when you have a good app. You hate when people have something good, and then they just go in and they change it, and you're like, damn, you didn't need to do that. All you need to do is just add these couple more features, and it's going to be perfect. And he did that, like, so.
1: That's what I'm saying. Like, letting me see my favorites and retweets in Hub, which is something big that was lacking, yeah, I love it. And and it really does hit for me faster than my emails do. I have all of my Twitter notifications to be sent by email as well, but Black consistently hits them ahead of time. I get it to get that first and then I get the email. So, I'm I'm digging it overall. Yeah. Um, I love the emoji support. I've been copying those over from that keyboard over into some other conversations as well.
3: Like yeah. You
1: said he he, ma- he didn't go all out. He did all the right points and really making right. it a refined experience. It's cool though. Hey, if you have like someone you're you're following but you you know, you want to do it a little bit more discreetly and a little bit more uh, concisely you can add people to your watch list and their tweets will actually push to your hub as a notification which is just yeah. awesome, I love that got yeah. some celebs who I just thought know, all their shit is just pushed right to my hub when I need it so again, Jerome's just done a great job with it, uh, Twitly as well it's a fantastic application but I'm, I'm digging black, that's what I've been using on Passport
3: Yeah.
1: Brandon, what about you? you're a T4VB kind of guy?
0: yeah, just Twitter just basic. It's super excited when I get a notification once in the blue moon. It's nice. <laughs> I'm
1: going to send you one in a couple seconds.
0: <laughs> yeah, the Friday, I was like, oh, shit.
3: One thing I've noticed with Black as well is I get notifications with Black before, you know, the native Twitter app. Like, it's not Black and then, like, a minute or two later I get the native Twitter app. It's just Black and then, you know, a couple seconds later then there's Twitter. So... The turnaround time in turn of, you know, notifications in the hub is, is is pretty good and I and I like that.
1: I don't know. I don't know what, he did some magic on the back end. Who knows? Yeah, actually about like ten minutes
4: ago from James tagging me saying I'm not a huge fan of emoticons.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love emojis, man. That's what makes that's what makes the, the conversation go round. It allows you to be super vague while still being specific. <laughs> Did you guys happen to watch that really long video? It was about an hour long of Chen over at the MIT Enterprise Matters conference. Uh, did you guys happen to watch it? It was really, really long. He's talking mainly about, uh, the, you know, the transition period and all he's done in the last year. What was really, at least for me, cool about it was the Q and A session at the end. Did any of you guys happen to watch it or catch any uh, bits of, uh, you know, nuggets of information from it?
3: No, I didn't get a chance um, to watch it in its entirety. It's just, it's not the best quality. Um, and it's kind of annoying like, all the people there. Um, so no, I didn't get to. I didn't get to watch the entire thing. So I kind of just read articles of him speaking in terms of uh, in reference to the conference itself and whatnot. Though
1: so. he, he made some interesting points. He he mentioned you know we we, we want to look at the tablet space, but building a tablet with a keyboard is so hard. That's basically what he said. <laughs> yeah. He's, you know, and I'm looking at the passport like, no, it's not. You're such a liar. I know you got something cooking.
3: And even with the virtual like keyboard, you know, that you get with BlackBerry 10, like, are you serious? Like, you, you really wouldn't care if you're a real BlackBerry user, because one, let's be honest, the only people that are truly gonna buy those BlackBerry tablets are BlackBerry loyalists, and of course, them pushing into the enterprise space. But on the back end, though, when you're talking about, you know, a keyboard experience with a tablet. As I already mentioned, I, I still feel like the virtual keyboard library 10 comes second to none. Like, do I prefer it over the Passport? After a couple of weeks of using the Passport, is kind of hard, but I still can't say like that virtual keyboard experience is not great. Like, it's epic. It, I, it I, I love it. it. It's nothing like it. It's it. it in terms of swiping, yes, like that, that is your way to go. If you're a swiper then that is your way to go. <laughs> Swipe, swiping, swiping. But if you want that, you know, physical feel like, yeah, the, the passport is top of the line, it's top shelf. There
1: was, there was a couple other nuggets there where he, he, and you had mentioned it a little bit earlier, Darius, you know, focusing on, you know, we can't be closed-minded in the sense of we have our own ecosystem that we support. The world has to be our ecosystem. There are hundreds, yeah. millions of devices out there and we need to tap into those. And that's really looking at it from a services as a, you know, software as a services kind of standpoint being able to take your software some of what you do across these other devices and allows you to scale and as well take that mind share across so I absolutely agree with Chen it was a very long video but he did talk a lot about some of also wanted to leverage some of those patents as well they have right. got so many patents they're very patent rich they uh, Dolan did a great article very recently on you know the the blackberry revolution will not be televised mm-hmm. he' was really talking about the changes kind of going underneath on the back end that Chen's executing on. We did see BlackBerry recently get awarded about 27 new patents, um, some ranging from different things for wearables, like using a watch or a necklace to unlock a phone, all the way over to things like conference uh, calls and things like that, of that nature. It seems like, you know, know, a lot of times we see these, these patents and they never come to light. However, it's still interesting to see that this has been pretty close into the scope of what we've seen with Zoom, BBM meetings, and as well some of the wearable potential that they have there as well. Would you guys buy a BlackBerry wearable? Is that something you're interested in? Or do you want to leave that to the other folks in the market?
0: I would buy one. (laughs) I would buy one.
2: I guess at this current point in time, I don't really want too much control on my arm because I don't really feel like it's that... Like, I'm not going to be able to respond back to your type of message. I literally use my phone mainly for BBM and emails, so does me having a watch fix that or make me any more efficient? No. I can see when someone messaged me. I'd rather just have a nice-looking watch that sure could notify me when I have a new message. I don't want anything crazy. If they made something that looked nice, Porsche design notified me, uh, maybe for GPS built-in. So, like, if I was trying to walk somewhere, I wouldn't have to have my phone out. I can have my watch, say, make a left in 300 feet or whatever. I re- I'm not big on wearables at the
3: moment I'm not sold on them at all I think there's there's a I don't want to say an audience there is a specific purpose for wearables and I think the biggest thing right now or the biggest attraction for uh, for electronic wearables is uh health reasons so to speak you know people that work out they want to track you know the amount of miles that they run a day you know um They want to track, you know, their their heart pace and things of that nature, or heart rate, I should say, Um, you know, walking pace, distance, and things of that nature. They also want to – I don't think they use it in terms of really truly messaging or communicating, but, you know, it's a convenience for – you know, specific reasons. Um, And I know, like, Nike has their own watch out. You know, not only does it tell time, but like I said, it it, it monitors your heart rate. It can tell you the distance in terms of miles you've ran or walked or been on a bike. You know, things of that nature. I think BlackBerry does have a space in wearables. I think it can be with a watch. I think it's with a lot of other things, but – I think if they've done it, they have to make sure that when they do it, that they get their point across into why they've done it and get it right the first time again, um, as they kind of did uh, with Passport.
1: So I think, I think you're so right, Darius. Like They really got the message, the work-wide and why it's yeah. valuable, why we're doing this across with Passport. When, right. when, when BlackBerry came into the top of 2013 with the Z10, it was like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> We don't. We don't even buy touchscreen Blackberries. What are you doing? Why are you leading right. the charge with this? Right. I get. I get it. I get what Hines was obviously trying to do and, and bring this back as a consumer entity. But when we look at it, it really does have to have an enterprise focus for them right now, or else people aren't going to take it seriously. I right. think the Passport is, is something that really speaks to the business user. It's like this is something built for you, and it's optimized for your usage. So, so I definitely agree there. Yeah. I think yeah, I, was, yeah go ahead, Matthew.
4: I was thinking, like, maybe not so much, like, if they have to build, like, a dedicated wearable, but Motorola has a uh, little Moto tags that allows you to, like, if you're within a certain, like, a trusted Bluetooth device, like, you can mark your BlackBerry or, you know, whatever your phone is that you can unlock it if it's within a certain, like, I guess, range, and you can connect to it, it'll automatically unlock your phone or however it works. I was thinking, those little things are only, like, maybe five... Ten dollars a pop because they also have like little dedicated stickers you can like slap onto a surface or an item that you would have, and it makes it it's very it's very unintrusive, and I I just feel like if BlackBerry were to make like a little accessory like that that wouldn't be a huge cost loss. To them. I mean it's they're using like really small NFC tags and it's cost effective especially if they deploy them you know in a, in a
1: hundreds of thousands. It's like a, be a huge write for them. <laughs> so much, so many write-downs lately, though. <laughs> it makes you laugh as kind of, BlackBerry kind of took the big gut of that first write-down with the Z10 q 10 hardware. Now we're looking, we're looking at years later when we have Fire Phone failing at $83 million fallback. and even, even Motorola and some other players have just kind of been stagnant in this space. Sony is another who's really just kind of floundered about in their mobile offerings. Do you think BlackBerry has a unique value proposition that they can actually leverage to make value for them? Do you think there's enough... Security, privacy-focused people out there for this, them to really make a comeback. Again, they're aimed at like a third of the market, but are they able to even get that at this point? Do you guys think their strategy with software, kind of as a spearhead, and devices behind it, is really going to be enough for them? Do you think they need something else to scale to get there quicker?
2: Dude, I'm I'm not BlackBerry. If they if they didn't switch back to this enterprise focus, I genuinely believe they would be nearly dead right now. If they tried to compete in the consumer market. They, it, you know, it's the biggest problem. Um, you can have the best product out there, and you can still die. There's actually a good example of this. Is you know, We all know the Blu-ray pr- player, Um, for instance. There was actually a better technology than Blu-ray discs, and they were just much better, higher quality, and they were cheaper to produce just all this stuff. They died simply because they didn't have the branding, and it's such a stupid thing. They were the better technology. They just died off. Same thing with BlackBerry. They have such a difficult name that if they didn't go back and focus on enterprise, they just wouldn't be able to compete in that. They don't have the resources to throw billions of dollars into commercials to get people to switch back over to them. You shouldn't be comparing it, well, should I get an iPhone or should I get a BlackBerry? It should be, well, do I need a BlackBerry for work because security and does it make sense? They're in the game they need to play in, and I think they have enough (coughs) to make things. Blend is going to help this a lot. Um, IoT, some of these uh, ideas that they're coming up with, once we see them shown off, I think are going to help a lot. I think they they have so many plans up their sleeve, and now that they're going for a more unique, uh, smaller kind of market, they're going to be able to come up with these unique features that these other competitors, Apple's never going to come up with, because they don't really care. That doesn't appeal to the mass market, so they have no reason to do this. So I think they're in a oh they're in a beautiful position I think. I'm excited about it.
0: We we live in exponential times and if you think about it BlackBerry's focus is on security. This year alone we've seen so many security breaks with the the Heartbleed bug which uh which got into even, you know, some federal ministries here in Canada. So I mean like just like technology is moving exponentially, all the hackers and all the technology to hack systems and networks is growing exponentially and improving exponentially as well. And with that, you also need to improve security exponentially as well. So I think BlackBerry's focus on enterprise and security, there is a lot of relevant you know, space for that to even grow to an extent just because there's so many more things coming online that are going to be vulnerable. So I do think what they have now they stay the course I think they do have a a really good chance of becoming profitable and I think they do have a good future you know in the enterprise space and in particular the security space back to just bringing back the uh topic of patents they have a few patents on some security um What's it called some different types of security systems for online security where the where the algorithms are done in a certain certain way that just it, it is it hasn't been done yet and it hasn't been implemented anywhere and what I think what people I've, I've heard from security experts is they're wait waiting for some of the the existing security um, implementations to get you know, obsolete before they start introducing new methods of security. So, I mean, BlackBerry, with all their patents, they have stuff in the backlog that, that can come out in the future that they can bank on. So it's not just what's here today and now. It's They do have a lot of room to grow.
3: Yeah. What, I, I wanted to kind of hit on two things. One, you know, I totally agree with Alex and I totally agree with Brandon and everything they mentioned. Like, BlackBerry would be dead in the water had they, you know, chased after the consumer. They got back to their roots, and if you really just think about it, I mean, it's kind of what Apple did, like, years ago when they went bankrupt is because they didn't – they they actually did the smart thing. They didn't sell themselves out. Like, Windows had licensed their product to all these OEMs and put, every, put it in everybody's home. Apple stayed true to themselves, stayed true to what they believed in, even though, you know, some people inside Apple wanted to kind of take it you know, in other uh, directions, you know, with Steve Jobs, his mindset was just staying true to what he wanted to do. And and he kept his, uh, he he kept his roots where they should have been. And, and that's what allowed Apple's come back into what you see today. And I truly feel like that's going to, um, happen for Blackberry and you're starting to see it. I mean, they're not going to fall as deep clearly as Apple did at, you know, back in the early nineties and whatnot, but they're staying, they're sticking with their roots. They're getting back to where they were supposed to be at. Um, And you're going to start really seeing not just their software being, you know, uh, software services being justice to um, the general consensus in terms of not just the enterprise but consumers as well. But you're also going to start seeing that hardware being implemented um, in the long run, too. I mean, we still have a lot more steps to go in order to get there, but you'll see it essentially. Um, But with their patents, I think a lot of companies – and what blackberry is doing is because one they're not focusing their patents on just simply hardware but as we mentioned with conference calls ways to you know present conference calls um, software implementing conference calls and things of that nature I think they're on to something because they're they're patenting these ideas because later down the road these other companies will be like you know what they're on to something just like they've uh, done with the passport and I won't be surprised if we start seeing other companies go wide with their devices. But with the patents that uh, BlackBerry is filing, when they see that, damn, like they already patent that idea, they have to now license that patent, or they have to license that idea for these other OEMs to use it. So that's money on the back end for BlackBerry, especially if it's something that's in the enterprise realm where BlackBerry is already running the show. You want to even come nearly compete with the, uh, with BlackBerry, then you have to understand that they have already taken leverage in terms of trying to hit every inch and every corner that there is in this space and make it best as possible. So if you want to play on the uh, on on the playing ground, so to speak, then you have to understand that where they are at, you have to be there by using what they do. And so BlackBerry can already put it to the side and say, "This is ours. This is our idea. And do you want to use it? Then you have to come through us in order to do it. Just as if, just as well as they want to use other platforms with the Internet of Things, and also providing their services cross-platform. You know, it's kind of like a tit for tat, so to speak. So in in the long run, it's it's more of a um, investment. It's more of a profit for BlackBerry with these patents. We may never see them, but." We'll see them in a different perspective,
1: especially if you if you look at you know they built did build the business unit Darius mm-hmm. to to help leverage some of those patents as well right Paratech and some of the other ones even QNX so it could be coupling some of those together creating as you had mentioned kind of platforms of, of serviceability and maybe even selling some of those you never know if someone's interested in something BlackBerry has maybe there is a price point where they'll give it away because it may not be directly in their focus. I've seen passports from BlackBerry about home entertainment systems and balancing acoustics off of each other using QNX. So they they got a lot of things outside the scope and within the scope. Well, we have. Did you guys happen to see that video for the Bez 12, A New Era of Mobility? It seemed like they kind of repackaged some of the other videos that we've seen and, and, and tailored it closer toward the Bez 12 offering. Uh, it really does seem like it's going to be a new era of mobility. The video kind of makes you wonder whether BlackBerry's building Skynet out there or something with all the carriers tethered together.
2: They, they love that scene where they slide by and all of the, the different countries' flags are up above. Like, i have seen so many times in various commercials. But um, what that I, I think what they're really trying to do is just get get this sense out there that, you know, NASA is running off of this. Um, these trains that are running by themselves are running... Like, so much is dependent on it. I feel like there's still so many people that don't understand what QAnon really is that they're trying to repackage this because it's, it's, it's a perfect... This is what they want to try and make people understand. UNX isn't everything we do, whether you know it or not. So they're just doing it over and over and over and hoping one of these commercials will hit and people will understand. Blackberry is more than just Blackberry and more than just the phones.
1: It's it, when, we, when we first saw it, it was like a two-and-a-half-minute video. Now it's down to a one-minute video. If they could get it to 30 seconds, hit the message, put it on TV, you know, it just would speak so much, so much volumes for them, I think. Even if they do it in, in just, just the regions and localities where BlackBerry still has a lot of brand presence, yeah. it would just be so wise of them to get that message out there. Don't, talk, don't tell me about the Passport and it's new. and it's, I, We already know when we go in the store whether we want it or not. Yeah. You know? Really tell us what BlackBerry is right now. What, is, what do they have to offer me? So I I'd absolutely agree. With Bez12 being over in San Francisco… What do you guys think about the strategic value of that as a locale for them as opposed to somewhere like New York, even somewhere across seas where you know like in India or something why Bez twelve in San Francisco
0: uh probably because they wanna uh, just speculation probably just because there's so much there's so many upcoming businesses starting up in Silicon Valley around that area. I think they wanna be there. In, in the US in general, just for the US audience and also in Silicon Valley to to have kind of that, you know, new kind of like that that startup type of feel to the company. Because I know Chen Chen has talked about how Blackberry is basically becoming more more sleek now and becoming more of like a startup in a sense where where they're open to new ideas. We've seen that with BBM and some some of the new betas they're putting out. And I think that it started, like, launching BS 12 in Silicon
3: Valley works well with that message. Yeah, what, what I wanted to say, because, Jen, he's mentioned before that he flies back and forth between California and, and Canada a lot, um, and if I'm not mistaken, I want to say San Francisco is where he's specifically at. I don't want to ask that in stone by no means, but as you mentioned, Brandon, yes, the Silicon Valley is a very, like, hot spot for these tech companies. You know, Google's in the area. Samsung is building a huge uh, research facility area there. Um, Apple's uh, there. Um, even Microsoft has, you know, offices in the area as well. Even though they're based in Washington, they're, they're still there. Um, so for BlackBerry to come in, <laughs> it really says a whole lot if you think about it because we're coming here with the other big dogs, but we're not – Putting like our all here because our main headquarters is still in Waterloo. But understand one thing that we have here is what you don't have, and this is our enterprise headquarters. So, with them basing Baz 12 there, that's, that, that's kind of speak volumes as well in its own. <coughs> um, another big thing that I do like with them locating there, I think when you kind of put places on the West Coast, you kind of got to think of in this perspective, is too when you put things on the West Coast, a lot of uh, businesses. Um, that really utilize Best 12 are really located on the East Coast, so that kind of gives them a time frame to be able to operate and, and make things happen, too, because you're a couple hours backwards. Um, and not only that, when you're speaking with other time zones around the world, the West Coast is behind them as well. So the further... Uh, well, I would say if you're on the East Coast, then you're working with less time than you are opposed on the West coast um and being able to um assist with uh certain things in terms of its services and so forth so there's a whole lot I think you have to kind of put into its agenda when you're speaking of it being based there in San Francisco, but I think it's one place we're gonna de- definitely start seeing chin um possibly hold more events um in San Francisco in itself, I know like for example the 49ers have built a new stadium the golden state warriors are going to be building a new stadium there there's a lot coming in that area so for them to be there uh it's kind of cool too especially they built like a new campus there for blackberry and not just bears 12 but you know for research and development for devices and different things of that nature and i really like that last part there
1: <laughs> <laughs> get some more d facilities going mean yeah. uh, I think that there is a strategic value i guess in having that an event like that for classic I know a lot of the 9,900 holdouts are, you know, ones who are waiting for the classic are US bases. A lot of enterprises who, here in North America especially, want that kind of device. So I I think it's going to be strategic for them. I I would like to hear something maybe BES 12 related about Project Ion. Maybe that'll be toward December, beginning of next year. But I feel like BES 12 is going to be kind of a cornerstone piece to the beginning of this quote unquote new era of enterprise mobility through the QNX Cloud and Project ION. So I I definitely am interested to see kind of the overall layout and the strategy therein. I mean, they're going to be announcing BBM meetings as 12 and classic. So it's like hardware, software. It's an interesting mix overall. It's it's a suite, it's a service, and it's a piece of hardware, kind of a threefold. And that's kind of how they did the Passport launch event as well. So interesting to see kind of the rollout here. They did bring over a guy from HTC to kind of head up some of those devices we had mentioned Chen bringing him in, because uh, again, Chen's like, I don't, I don't, I'm not a hardware guy. I don't know what looks hot and sexy, but this guy does. Let me bring him in. So, you know, what what will 2015 kind of hold for us? We'll, uh, we'll we'll leave it there. What what kind of devices and services and software do you guys expect to be seeing as we close out the end of this year and look toward the next?
2: Chen Chen just keeps joking around about this full touch device that's going to be unique in some way. Um During that one hour and a half long conference that he had, he even joked around. I think he said like i don't know if you guys have seen that patent that's been uh, flying around a little bit with, with the kind of keyboard thing he said, you know stay tuned he didn't say much about it, but he's pretty much like stay tuned on a on an all touch device that's coming that's gonna have a little twist to it or whatever, so I think we're gonna see something like that, and I'm excited
1: you're gonna get the top row q through p and nothing else. <laughs> Be even more confusing as for a keyboard. Now, Brandon, what what, what are some of the things that you're looking for? Um, obviously, we got this Visa type all touch slider thing that may come about. Any kind of software or services you like BlackBerry to bring over?
0: Um. Well, like the thing I'd really like to see is how they can expand on their cloud offering. I know, like I've been harping on this, but BlackBerry Protect, since legacy, what well, I've been hearing it was substantially. Um more than what we have now on Blackberry 10, I think what I'd like to see is maybe you know not a full os um backup to the cloud but you know maybe something like uh like backing up your messages or something else up to the cloud or emails to the cloud as like a second backup in case your email client messes up and deletes it all or something like that I'd like to see how they expand the cloud going forward but right now like the main focus should be to to make blend. Uh, public with the other OS's and just get that solid so that people can start using that as a daily driver.
2: Yeah. I, mean, I just I'm want... To... The pass- Password Keeper Cloud is working great, by the way, by the way. The BlackBerry d one? Perfect.
0: Pardon me? What did I you mean,
2: say? The Password Keeper, because you're bringing up Cloud. Yeah. I mean, Password Keeper Cloud that's in the 10.3.1 beta and it's working really, really well. When I add a new password to it, it syncs it up to the cloud. Oh, okay. You wipe your device, it still it sucks it back down. It's I'm, I am can't wait to see what, what else they do with that. Nice.
1: That's pretty awesome. What about you, Matthew? What, what are some of the things you're looking forward to?
4: Uh, I guess for the next year, probably just 10.3.1 being pushed out, my Z10 finally. Uh, Blend's working, and praying the company gets an even better financial shape.
1: I agree. Darius close it out for us. What are some of the things you're looking forward to? You're already kind of on on the latest and greatest right now with Passport and Blend.
3: What, what kind of refinements or things are you looking forward to? Um, I'm definitely looking at uh, more. You know, definitely with 10.3 point. Well, with 3.1. You know, I'm definitely looking forward to that. You know, bringing those uh, first gen devices up to speed. Um, hopefully BlackBerry can put a big push on that. Um. But I want to see them uh, really start pushing their software updates independently, not through carriers. So I really hope that BlackBerry can start taking control of that because that's really taking control of the experience that you're giving your users. And not only that, when, you, when you're when you offering a great experience with a product, people want to be a part of that. So if you, if you are delivering that, or I should say if you aren't, then there's nothing that people can speak about. I mean, I can't – if I was still on – 2.1 and I know that 10. I mean, 3.1 is out there but I can't get it because my carrier isn't pushing this out to me then why am I speaking on what I'm using because it's not the latest and greatest so I really hope they start taking that in the hand um, of course Best 12 I think is really going to be a huge um, kick in terms of the enterprise um, you want to hear more on devices will we see anything I doubt it but you know as 2015 comes along I think January or February time frame we'll probably start seeing you know more of those patents. Uh, we we'll start seeing some leaks and things of that nature. Um, yeah,
1: we got CES coming at the top yeah. of the year,
3: so yeah, they, yeah.
1: he'll be there. They're always there, it seems. Maybe exactly. not with a exactly. booth, but they're there. They're they're around the schmoozing.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Library is kind of like the worst when it comes to like holding information. But I mean, honestly, since John came in, he got a little bit better. But I mean, once the black once the passport like just leaked just that little bit, it was a wrap for it. So it just started coming out everywhere, but. I think he kind of embraced it, honestly. And that's what I like about Chen. is like he doesn't see things and he's like, fuck, like, I know, like, Apple, they, they, they actually, like, panic when those things happen, you know, because they're so secretive. But instead of embracing it, like, yeah, I, I know you can't wait to see this shit. So let me, you know what I'm saying, let me give you, let me actually start giving this to you. And we started getting, you know, official word of the device from Blackberry themselves. It was like the end of July or, like, top of July something of that nature. Or even was it June? I don't know. It was a long. It was. It felt like the entire summer they were advertising the passport, and we didn't get it to September. But it paid off. Like you see, it really paid off. So that's one thing I really do like that Chen does with BlackBerry. You know, he doesn't. He doesn't shy away from anything. He embraces it. If he doesn't like it, then he clearly speaks out on it. Um, but you know, I do want to see. You know, this full touch device. I still want a full touch device. Even though I like my passport, I still want a full test device. So we're looking for that monster. You know, the Visa It's very interesting. It's a very interesting device. I kind of want to see how that works. You know, is it like a new uh, generation of the Torch? You know, um, it's one of the things. But we'll, let's let's end this.
1: <laughs> I know we could go on and on about that. But anyways, I really appreciate having all you guys on. Alex, Brandon, Matthew, Darius, it's always a pleasure. Okay. We'll be sure to catch you up next week. Five months, guys. We're going to be lapsing CB soon here. They're still stuck in, like, 140, so we'll
3: we'll get there.
1: (laughs) That's a challenge. We'll see you in a year and a half. (laughs) Take
3: it easy, guys. Later.
1: Later.